The Broncos and 49ers are underway, and it's time for the good, the bad, and the box score. What is up, everybody? It is the week three edition of the good, the bad, and the box score, your weekly recap from the JWB family. I'm here with Tyler. Justin's on a little vacation this week, so we got Tyler jumping in. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing great, man. Good games today. You know, I think after three weeks, I know it's not a big sample size, but I do believe that you can start to really come to some... No, there's some realities that I can see there. There's some things that are actually happening. There's some real trends that uh, it excites me. I think there's things mm-hmm. are starting to unfold, and I feel better about assumptions that I was made. Some things yeah. happened in week one that I think was maybe just some noise. But after three weeks, I start to feel a little bit better about you know snap counts, targets, what have you. So it, yeah. it, it, it's great. I'm happy. I'm happy. It's the end of week three or coming up to the end of week three. The more data, the better for us right. to really be able to to make claims on stuff here. Before we get to the good stuff, the good, the bad, the box score, we'd like to talk about some injuries that have happened today. Today we had Dave Montgomery. He tweaked his knee and ankle. He was seen walking on the sideline, but he didn't play the rest of the game. Uh, right now, the news is that he is day-to-day, which basically means anything. So just something you're going to have to keep monitoring, looks like. We've got Dalvin Cook dislocated his shoulder. This seems to happen every single year, and then he comes back and plays. I believe it was, what is it, last year he had like the dislocated mm-hmm. shoulder Thursday night game where he went for 200 yards. Yep. We got Mac Jones, who injured his ankle on the last play of the game, but uh, I believe x-rays were negative for a break. And we got Michael Thomas leaving with a foot injury. Tyler, what here is really important for you? I think the Dave Montgomery injury, because I, in my opinion, it was always kind of a toss-up between Khalil Herbert and Montgomery, who was the better back. You know, obviously, we have Montgomery. He's there. He's established. He's been the guy for a while. He's done well at the volume. But Herbert's always been sniffing. And the thing that gets me about Herbert is every single time Herbert gets an opportunity to get some volume in this offense, he does a hell of a lot with it. Like, an absolutely impressive amount with it. Did it last year, and he did it again this year. I mean, I believe it was 20 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I know it's the Texans, but it's like, you know, is this is this the window that Herbert needs to take over? There's a lot of whispers in the offseason, right? Like, is it going to be Montgomery's backfield? Is it going to be Herbert's? Is there going to be a split? What's it going to look like? You know, week, week two, it definitely looked like Montgomery's, but, like, is this the kind of window that Herbert needs? Because, you know, in my opinion, if Montgomery misses time, um, you know, or he just becomes a starter, which I think is a little bit less likely. You know, Herbert, you know, look at the stat line. I mean, he's a top 15. He's an RB2 at the very least with RB1 upside. So I think that's what, you know, Herbert's probably rostered in your leagues, obviously. But at the same time, to me, it's just, it, this is the kind of window that zero RB drafters or somebody who's hurting at um, RB are looking for is, is like, wow, some guy goes down, the guy comes in, and he absolutely crushes. So to me, yeah. the biggest the biggest news is just the fact that if Montgomery misses time or just doesn't play as much, you know, Herbert has a chance to just jump into this backfield. Yeah, I think that it was almost indisputable that Khalil Herbert was a better or at least more explosive runner 
than David Montgomery, but David Montgomery is better on third downs. He's a better pass blocker than Herbert. They they trust Montgomery in basically all situations. So if he does not miss too much time, it'll be interesting to see how this split happens. Because when when a player like Herbert you know puts up those numbers, that warrants play, right? Yeah. How do you so, ignore it? You can't ignore it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure the the, the last regime would probably ignore it, but maybe this one's a little bit smarter. <laughs> hey, I don't know if this one's that much better. You see <laughs> I how much know. they're throwing? I oh mean, my god! They're basically run the triple option out there in the NFL. I we'll get to more of that later. <laughs> Let's move on. Talking about some really good performances from the week. We're going to talk best and worst. As a reminder, this isn't just the absolute best numbers. This is the best in terms of what we think is the most important good performances and worst performances. We're just going to start off with Chris Olave, 13 targets, nine catches, 147 yards. He's like the air yard King in the NFL Ooh. right now. You know, James Winston, we love him. We know he loves to push the ball downfield. Chris Olave has speed, has route running, gets open. We saw Michael Thomas leave, but this was kind of looking this way. At least I thought it was because target wise, Chris Olave was overtaking Michael Thomas. Is Chris Olave working his way towards being the wide receiver one for the Saints? All right. So, I mean, like, th- there was a lot of conversation around this about, like, how Olave – well, first of all, they moved up to grab Olave, so obviously, like, they want to use him. They, I think they, they traded a future first to get Olave, which says a lot. I mean, there's a lot of ways that teams and, and coaches can, can bullshit you, but there's two ways that they don't, and that's with draft capital and contracts. And Olave got that. So – and then you look at the fact that, you know, there, he is the kind of guy that fits Jameis Winston's gameplay. He's, he, he's a, he, I know we were talking about air yards with Jameis Winston. I, I saw it. I, I want to figure out who said it, but they call Jameis Winston's air yards prairie yards. So, yeah. like, we kind of, you know, there's something, there's a little bit of like, a little, you got to kind of hold it in there a little bit. But, I mean, everyone said that Olave's game is going to fit Winston's game much better. Like, like Michael Thomas used Taylor made for Breeze's game. Looks like Alave's tailor made for for Winston's game. I mean, the the targets are there. Like Winston at least agrees. I think that's back to back weeks of thirteen targets for this guy. I mean, thirteen targets is insane for just any player in any game. So it, it's it's looking like it's pretty damn for real. Especially if there's an MC injury because he left with a foot injury. Keep in mind, we don't know if it's ankle or foot. Michael Thomas had like a two year ankle injury, so could open up even more. But man, it's um. You know, Chris Olave is looking right now like he could be one of the top rookie wide receivers. And at this point in time, I feel like you just got to fire him up as like a wide receiver too, like top 24 guy. It might be a little bold, but the volume and the air yards and the opportunity permits it. Yeah, especially when we're seeing that like old Jameis who's just trying to push the ball down the field. He was a little bit like uh, neutered last yeah. year while he was playing. You're, this year, not so much. Yeah, <laughs> and you're not pushing the ball downfield to Michael Thomas. You're not pushing right. the ball downfield to Jarvis Landry. Like, both good wide receivers. Yeah. Like, they're both good, but he just offers something that those two don't. And I, I think that that's, you know, that's something that came to fruition. Uh, you know, many fan an- fantasy analysts are saying that that could happen, and I, I believe it is coming to fruition now, as we've seen it in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Our next best performer, Lamar Jackson. What about the season that Lamar Jackson is putting on paper right now? Today he had, uh, he went 18 to 29, 218 yards, you know, not that many yards, but four touchdowns, one interception. Efficient, once again. Yeah. And then he added another 107 yards rushing and another rushing touchdown. Now in the year, he's got 10 passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He's run for over two or for 243 yards. Like he's 
I believe averaging now 38 points per game in four-point passing touchdown, or yeah, in six-point passing touchdown leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, in four-point, it's what, uh, like 30, basically? Like, uh, the point is is that Lamar Jackson is just absolutely crushing right now. Yeah, he's, he's tied for fourth in the NFL in rush yards right now. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is 243, and only Jonathan Taylor, Cordell Patterson, surprise, and Nick Chubb are the only players. Like, there's literally three players in the NFL right now that have more rushing yards. I mean, we still have Sunday Monday Night Football, granted. But, I mean, he's, he's, he's top five after week three in, in rush yards. So, I mean, we're, this is MVP yeah. shit. I mean, surprise, surprise. Yeah. We're not surprised. But he's yeah. playing on an MVP level right now. And if you drafted him, I mean, he slid in drafts, man. He was slide into, like, yeah. the like the end of the first in a lot of drafts. And it's just, man, he's, he's making those, those fantasy managers pay who, who doubted him. I feel like it's like the perfect storm for him to go back to another MVP. They they seem to craft their offense back to the way that it was the MVP year. He's mm-hmm. got this chip on his shoulder about wanting this contract that he's not getting. And, you know, I think he's out. He's going out there to melt faces right now. Yeah, it's great. It's it's just beautiful to see. And it's the same same song and dance. Like, yeah, not a ton of attempts. He's just so like he's just so damn dangerous and so damn efficient that he's just gonna get it done, man. It just he, he's a pleasure to watch. Yeah. Now, let's talk some bad news. We're going to talk about those bears that we mentioned earlier. Because there's just there's just nothing going on in this passing game. Um, as I mentioned before, it seems like they're running the triple option because they're not passing at all. Uh, they passed more today than they did in the past. You know, 17 pass attempts. You know, whole lot of attempts there. But Mooney and Komet, two receptions each. This just is not cutting it. I was saying going into this weekend that I was going to give the Bears one more game to show me that they learned from the mistakes and have a real offense out there. They won the game; they didn't deserve to. <laughs> but could it? Could it tell the coaches, you know, that that they should try and do this more? Like I, I, I'm out now completely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't not to just parrot here, but I'm with you. There's it, it's it's Montgomery, it's Khalil Herbert. And I have no business even rostering the rest in any standard size league. There's, there's just no upside. There's, I mean, I like Mooney and I like Komet, but like, there's just no yeah. reason to hold them on your bench. There's not even upside for that. Like, I was saying that I'd rather have Sky Moore on my bench right now than Mooney. Like, at least there's like upside that could happen. Like, I, I would rather start. Con- like, I talked, I talked about it on the show last week. I'd rather start Conklin than Komet. Yeah. Like, it's just. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done with all these pieces. Like, give me, give me Herbert. No, give me Khalil Herbert. Give me Montgomery. The rest just aren't even worth rostering. Get them off your roster. This is, yeah. We're done. We're done playing this, this offense, game. We're done. As long as this is the offense they're going to run, there's no point. All right. Some more bad news. Justin Jefferson and DJ Moore. Pretty similar stat lines, and they're both terrible. Justin Jefferson had six targets, three catches, 14 yards, no touchdowns. DJ Moore, six targets, one reception, two yards, no touchdowns. Both in what should be good matchups, especially Justin Jefferson. It's just what what happened here? What's going on? I mean, I'll say this. So with Justin Jefferson, I, I don't know for DJ. I mean, forgive me, I haven't been watching Panthers games. So I'm <laughs> so I'm not really sure no what's play. been going on. But honestly, like with J Jeff, like they've been putting the top corner on him and giving him help. A lot. Um, and there's just, like, they have Dalvin around still. Like, they've been throwing it to Irv. You know, Thielen had a bit, little bit of a game this week. Uh, KJ Osborne had a game. I think there's just other options, and they're just 
teams are deciding like we want to take JJF out of it. I mean, better days are coming. I think people who are talking about JJF being the wide receiver one, I still think there's you know chance for that. I mean, he's obviously like a top five guy, but you know these are two disappointing weeks. I but it, to me, it's a, it's a buy low opportunity if somebody's going to go out there, um, you know, and and think that JJ isn't that guy anymore after two bad weeks. But it, it is concerning. But the volume's good, the routes are good. There's obviously the offense. It's it's hit or miss, but. I don't know. I, I, a lot less concerns with JJ than, than DJ Moore. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. I mean, I have a little bit concern for JJ because I think he's so talented that even in games where their defense is trying to take him away, I don't expect him to be fully taken away. The DJ like Moore one is is a little bit tough though because uh, our our JWB JWB family member uh, Jake on F, on Twitter at F, uh, Perry underscore FF made a comment that I thought was really smart at what's going on here. And that's Baker Mayfield might be the best quarterback that DJ Moore's ever played with, but he might be the worst quarterback for him mm-hmm. because every other quarterback, no matter how bad they were understood the assignment you throw towards DJ Moore and you throw to CMC Baker Mayfield doesn't understand the assignment. He tries to spread the ball around to, you know, shy Smith. Uh, we got a nice play, uh, LaVisca Chenault today, you know, citing there, but yeah, so, you know, Baker, he just spreads the ball around to all these different players and he's not hyper targeting DJ Moore and that's an issue. Yeah. It's and, and DJ Moore was the the like he got the most targets. That I mean no one else got four. I mean four was the highest. He got six, but it's just the ball's being spread around. Well, it's it, the issue is this. The ball's being spread around. The offense is slow and they're just not passing a lot. Yeah. It's just a it's a recipe for disaster. Like I mean DJ Moore not a drop obviously, but like Am I benching him for better options? I, I might be. If I got a better option, I might be benching DJ more after this. This is a lot of people had in the top twelve, top fifteen. I feel like his ECR is probably top eighteen. Like this is looking like an absolute giant whiff for the fantasy community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we believe in the talent, but how many more years can we say that? Yeah, I, I, you're, uh, I'm right there with you. I'm not dropping him, but I'm at the point now where I can't start him. Uh, after week one, we on this show, I talked about how. No, I wasn't really worried about DJ Moore. He was still heavily involved in the offense at that time. Like, better days are to come. He got saved by a touchdown in week two. And then after seeing this game, I'm starting to think, uh, you know, it's not coming. Six targets in every game. It's not quite enough for DJ Moore. Sad, sad. Sad, sad. All right. Let's move on to some more notes from this week. I'm going to give you some headlines, and I want you to give me which one you'd like to talk about. So the first few we're going to talk about, Devontae Parker shreds the Baltimore uh, defensive backfield. We've got Damian Pierce making a statement. Khalil Herbert shines in Montgomery's absence. Or Carson Wentz comes back down to earth. Which one do you want to talk about? Let's go to Devontae Parker here. You know, I, I think this is noise, frankly. Um, you know, shredding the Baltimore defense, uh, shredding the Baltimore defensive backs Hasn't exactly been the toughest thing to do for teams this year. Yeah, I think that's just what's going to happen, unfortunately. You know, credit to Devontae Parker. Love to see him do this. But Jacoby Myers is out. Jacoby Myers is the guy in this offense. He's the one that garners this kind of target share. This is going to be Devontae Parker's best game to date. Um, You know, it's not going to get any better than this. You missed it. We all missed it. We all missed Devontae (laughs) Parker's biggest game of the year. You know, if if I don't know the extent of Jacoby Myers' injury, so if Jacoby Myers is out again, like you can talk about it, I'd be I'd be open to having that conversation. 
but it's just like it's it's noise. And um, you know, I'm happy for Devontae Parker, but he, he he's not worth a bench spot in any kind of standard league. It's good to see, you know. Congrats, but yeah. we're we're moving along. I yeah, wholeheartedly agree that Baltimore defense backfield uh, is one you want to target uh, in your matchups and in and DFS for sure too, because everybody is doing what they can against them. I want to mention real quick Carson Wentz coming back down to earth. 25 of 43 on the day, 211 yards, sacked nine times. And, you know, this is something we we had to see this coming, right? This is the way Carson Wentz is. He has moments of brilliance, and he has moments of just garbage. And we got the garbage today. And that's what something you're going to have to deal with if you're rostering Washington skill position players, is that there will be games where Carson Wentz will be flat-out bad, and everyone around him will suffer because of it. I think we still got a decent game on Terry McLaurin. Um, picked up some yards in garbage time, but basically everybody else was bad. And Antonio Gibson kind of got saved by a touchdown, but even with the touchdown, uh, he like barely crossed ten PPR points. So this this was the bad wins today for yeah. sure. I think you know I, I think the Commanders are probably what we thought they were, maybe a little better. I'm not out on the Commanders' offense. I still think they have the ability to be good. I think they get the Cowboys next week. It's probably another tough matchup. But, you know, fo- following that, I think it's a Titans, so we could see him bounce back. I think, you know, Commanders are, are going to be fantasy good when they're playing an average to bad defense. I think, to me, this is much more indicative and in having a conversation around the Eagles just might be freaking legit, like, across the yeah. board. Like, the Eagles just might be the real deal. And I think that it, it, while, yes, this isn't good for Wentz, I think this says a hell of a lot more about this Eagles team is that, you know, they had the first game against the Lions. Lions are looking better. They won that. And then it's been just, they've been dominating, man. It, it, on, on both sides of the ball, uh, in the trenches, it's just they got good players everywhere. So it's, yeah. to me, this speaks more to how good the Eagles are and just not how bad Carson Wentz is. I think Carson Wentz, I think we, we're still talking about him as a fine streamer in good matchups, but... Um, to me, this is more about the Eagles just being legit and just imposing their will. Yeah, that makes some sense. We've got the first score in the game tonight. We've got a three-yard touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk. Of course. Dude, Jimmy G coming back was like... Ayuk, to me, was like... A, a, I wasn't even thinking about him with Lance around. Mm-hmm. Now that Jimmy G's back in town, I think Ayuk is right back in that like wide receiver three flex conversation every week. and you love to see it. I started him up, so... Yeah, there was there was reason to believe that uh, Ayuk could be better with Lance possibly because Lance has the arm and will push the ball out and towards the the sideline Hypo- a little bit hypothetically, more. Hypothetically, hypothetically, hypothetically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't really know. We still don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's been in between college and the NFL. The man has thrown 420 passes total. Nice, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but you know, end of last year, well, the end of. Each of his years in the NFL, Brandon Ayuk has been a really good pass catcher and yeah, put up a good. lot of numbers. He's good. He's with good. Jimmy G. Not surprised. All right, let's talk some more headlines. We've got Devonta Smith gives everyone a reminder. We've got Mac Collins making the most of his opportunity. The Jaguars' offense is for real. And Romeo Dubes makes a statement. What you got? Jags offense is for real, man. You love to freaking see it. Like, this was Urban Meyer. This was all Urban Meyer. Yeah. The dude is this bad. Like, good God. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about a Jags offense offense that put up 28 points, 24 points. 20 like keep in mind, like obviously it's a week to week game, but like they they shut out the Colts 24 to 0, who just beat the Chiefs last week. 
and they just decimated the again injury injured Herbert. I get it, but still thirty eight to ten. I mean, we're looking at attempts from Trevor Lawrence thirty nine attempts um, against the Chargers here. Like that's a game they were leading most of the time, and we see thirty nine attempts, forty two attempts again again those back and forth of the Commanders, and thirty attempts in the game of the Colts when they were up the whole time. So I think like thirty attempts yeah. obviously is like the floor here. So they're hucking the ball. T Law is looking good. I mean, and and I also love to see that, like, uh, you know, James Robinson's looking healthy. Like, what a great story. He's yeah. left in the dust. Um, like, I auto-drafted him on my freaking Scott Fishbowl team because I got <laughs> wasted, and I look like a genius right now. <laughs> <laughs> and But, like, and the target tree is, like, very narrow. Like, Christian Kirk, last three games, 12, 6, 9 targets. Zay Jones, 9, 4, 11 targets. Marvin Jones, even, 6, 5, 7. Evan Ingram's kind of fading out on the fourth there for me. But it's just like they're this this is a fantasy friendly offense. Like they're good, but they're not good enough to, you know, be ahead in games to run the ball like crazy. So for me, this is just a situation where I'm like, I'm starting up T Law, man. I'm starting up Christian Kirk. And I think like Zay Jones at this point in time, it at least needs to be on your bench. And, you know, I'm not saying like Marvin Jones on your bench for your start. I mean, they get a touchdown today, but like if something happens to Kirk or Zay Jones, Marvin Jones looks good enough to be able to go in there and be a flex option as well. I mean, it's the offense is is clicking on all cylinders. Um, I think it's absolutely for real. Is this like a, a playoff team? Like, I'm not willing to go that far. But in terms of, like, fantasy goodness and a team that I want pieces of, like, this this is just good. I mean, once again, you'd think that last year we'd have learned a lesson with Christian Kirk and absolutely just sleeping on him. I think we did it. We, we unfortunately think a lot of people did it again this year, and he, he's making yeah. people pay. Yeah. Totally agree. Loving the Jaguars right now. You know, the 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 damning evidence against Urban Meyer could not be stronger. What, looking at Trevor Lawrence, he's a different, completely different quarterback now. The, it's like he was what, generational in college or something. Yeah, like, yeah. How how do you take a generational quarterback and make him look that bad, Urban Meyer? I quickly want to make mention of Romeo Dubes okay. uh, in his game: eight targets, eight catches, seventy-three yards, one touchdown. Led the Packers in targets today. He's not somebody who I thought this would happen from. Um, that that wide receiver core is pretty open mm-hmm. for the taking, and it looks like he's the one doing it. I always thought Dubes was kind of a limited wide receiver in a bit, more just kind of a downfield threat, didn't have a lot of nuance to his game. But, you know, I, you get NFL coaching compared to Nevada coaching, and these kinds of things can happen. Yeah, I mean, it's... um. It's just an example. I mean, I don't think he was a great prospect, but I think it's an example of what Aaron Rodgers is able to do with 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 like a, a warm body who's still <laughs> relatively young. I mean, rest in peace. You know, I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I love Justin. Hope he's having fun right now. But his Christian Watson takes are just looking <laughs> awful right now. That Romeo Dubes is out here just making him. I mean, I don't think he was active, obviously, but still, like. I talked about Dubes as a good bench player um, going into this week, is like getting him on your bench as he could kind of be the guy that breaks out, but. You know, I don't know if I'd expect this every single week, but if he's going to be the guy for Aaron Rodgers, like there's value there. So it's, it's just good to see. You know, it, it, it's crazy that Romeo Dubes is going to be fantasy relevant in the year of our Lord, 2022. But Aaron Rodgers has that effect on people. Quick update to the Broncos and 49ers. The Broncos offense continues to be anemic, struggling sputter, to sputter, sputter. against the 49ers. What a disappointing start to that season. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, oh my God, maybe it's Russell, dude, like, okay, sidebar. Done? No, Russell Wilson, okay, maybe he's not washed here, but, like, maybe it really wasn't Petey Carroll the whole time, dude. Like, 
like you know what i'm saying like oh my god i think about it all the time and i'm sitting here like in the end of the day it's like we're like oh he's, he's not letting russ cook he's not letting russ cook like this has got to be pete carroll he's an absolute idiot well then they go somewhere else and russ is not cooking anymore either i don't know if it has to do with his age i don't know if it has to do with um you know the offense like obviously hackett's got some he's got questionable play calling maybe it's just two bad coaches in a row i don't know but man this is not what i expected out of this broncos offense man yeah pretty bad let's get to our last headlines of the show we've got welcome back kyle pitts the raheem moster and chase Edmonds split continues or the ramondre stevenson and damian harris split gets more interesting yeah, I mean, I just want to comment on Kyle Pitts. You know, we, we, we always talked about, like, we joked about, like, I, I draft a lot of Kyle Pitts. I advocated for it. So, like, I'm in this bucket about, you know, Kyle Pitts yeah. being, like, the cheat code, the wide receiver at tight end. My brother texts me after this game. He goes, he goes, five for 87. Name another tight end that can do that. You know, it's just kind of like, <laughs> you love to see, I mean, like, it's good to see, but, like, you know, it's, it's. It's still like, eh, the kind of, it, it's good to see, you know, after two duds, yeah. Kyle Pitts is back. I mean, I think, you know, obviously you, you continue to start him. I, I was advocating for you have to start the guy. Certainly a five for 87 is something you're, you're, I don't know if you're excited about, but you're definitely happy that it happened. Yeah. So you would I mean, not keep, complain about this line every week. No, you keep, you keep rolling out pits. Um, you know, I, I think he's got a good chance to finish like in the top, top eight, top top six wide receiver still. I think he's got some boom games in him, so it's nice to see, but, you know. Yeah, adjusting expectations a little bit. Exactly, and I think people, when they were talking about Kyle Pitts, weren't abs- weren't factoring in how much of a freaking dog Drake London is, so there's that. I mean, he's still going to be good. Yeah. He's going to be top ten tight end, but I think expectations just need to be tempered a bit now that we're uh, seeing three weeks of play. Yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, both these splits uh, – headlines we, we can like touch on real quick because I think they're both important you know Mostert is getting more more stamps more touches more opportunities than Chase Edmonds still but you're going to look at the box score see the touchdowns for Edmonds and yeah he had the better fantasy day because of that but that doesn't tell the full story here and then we've got Ramondre and Damien Harris and we're seeing Ramondre start to take more of a lead in this in this offense including the fourth downs the 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 short down distance uh, role. And those are really the snaps that we care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the goal line. I mean, I think Ramondre saw f- uh, five of the eight inside the 10 touches, five of the eight touches, majority of the touches inside the 10. You would think those would go to Damian Harris like that. Like, you know, if you mm-hmm. think about like, all right, um, you know, pass catching back goes down. Ramondre will probably be, you know, third down back, which we saw not a surprise, but you still think Damian Harris would be getting those, you know, yeah. inside the 10, inside the five touches. And while he is, Ramondre getting, you know, five of the eight does speak that they're just using Ramondre. You know, those high-value touches we like to talk about, seems like they might be going towards Ramondre. Like, this pendulum might be swinging towards Ramondre being, like, a legit running back, too. And, and Damian Harris being, like, a, a weak flex play at this point if things continue this way. Um, it's just tough for me to start Damian Harris at this point looking at this kind of stuff. I mean, if you don't have any other options, I get it. But And then just to go back to Mostert and Edmonds. It's just it's a tough split, you know. You just got it's a guessing game week to week who's gonna who's gonna pop. So, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of out on the Miami backfield in general. Yeah. Uh, They're good but, bench depth. They're good bench yeah, depth. You know, but like, I'm, ex- I'm excited about Ramondre. Yeah, 100. percent It's a lot of reason to be excited about Ramondre. I mean, leading in stat snaps and then you know getting the the third long like third fourth downs, getting the inside the ten. Like Jesus, man, that's stuff you love to see. 
Yeah. All right. That's week three in the books. You can find Tyler on Twitter at FFTylerO. You can find me, Wyatt B underscore FF. Find all of our content at JWBFantasyFootball.com or on Twitter at JWB underscore FF. Make sure to like and subscribe. Follow everywhere. Keep up. We have plenty of content coming out weekly to help you win your matchups and your league. We'll see you next week.